Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everyone, welcome back to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini, and sitting next to me in the uh, co-pilot's chair is Mr. Keith Hawkins, and we, we, we are here live with the Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus, uh, spinning for you uh, some great uh, independent hard rock and heavy metal that uh, stuff you're just not hearing on, uh, corporate, on corporate media anywhere, so that's what we're here to do. I'd like to thank my sponsor real quick, Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine. PPLMag.com. It's Pittsburgh's first internet, radio, TV, online community and business network. Uh, there is a lot of great uh, content there created by the community on a wide variety of uh, topics. Uh, experts in a lot of different fields, if you will. And you can um, check all that out. There's coupons, businesses, deals, information, education. Also, uh, it's a great place if you want to start your own magazine page. Uh, you get uh, they get about a million unique visitors uh, every month. It's not it's a pretty good it's growing uh, uh, scene here uh, uh, and uh, Pittsburgh and internationally. So that's how positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine pplmag.com. And uh, you are with the Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus. Our website is ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Uh, interviews going up uh, a few times a week. Plus, we've got this crazy shenanigans uh, going on, too. So it's uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, you can just put your name there on our email list, and you won't miss anything. It shows right up in your email. Uh, so so we've, we, are, we are here today, and we've got an interesting topic. Keith, what is our topic? Bands that you can't stand at all. Where you just... Straight up hate. I don't like to use the word hate, but you just when that band comes on the air, on the air, you just are sickened by it. You're just ready to turn it off, or you just go, oh, I can't deal with this. Everybody has that one, two, maybe ten bands that you just don't want to hear ever, and unfortunately, <laughs> don't want to hear. Them. Don't want to hear them. So it's a uh, it's a tough world out there. But yeah, there's some bands that just 
you know, after doing research and things, there's a, there's quite a few that come up on the list several times. So anybody that has any opinions on who they don't like for whatever reason, but yeah, give us a reason though. You know, yeah, jump just, in there. You know, we're on we're on live. For those of you that are watching us live, those of you that are listening to the recording, I gave you a chance. I posted it, and if you didn't comment, too bad. Hell with you. <laughs> Yeah, where are you at? I mean, come on. Everybody has bands. They just, you know, that just kill it's, you. Dude. It, just... Yeah, and it's. I, I think it's kind of a strange phenomenon myself because as I was saying, uh, as Keith and I were talking before we got started, like I personally don't I don't have that feeling about any bands. There's songs I don't like, and there's oh, yeah. artists whose music, like, just I would never listen to, like, Bieber. Like, I, but I don't hate Bieber. Like, I'm not, like, mad that he's making music or does what he um, does. You hate I would like to kick his ass. Actually, but uh, he doesn't do anything. It, it does nothing for me. But it doesn't do anything for me either way, one way or another. You know, I'm just, I'm just not. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, but we're gonna, we're gonna stick in the topic that we're gonna get into that in a second. We're gonna play a very cool band as soon as I can get uh, my uh, screen cleaned up. There we are. Okay, uh, this is a band uh, called Romantic Rebel. Uh, Too far is the single. Check it out on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.
Okay, that is uh, Romantic Rebel, and that's r-rebel.com. Um, I think this band is very cool. I like the girl's voice. I like the fact that it's heavy, but it's melodic. You know, it's not like, you know. I thought you liked that stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, if I said yeah. that before, yeah, I'm not real. You guys, you guys that know me, Keith knows me now. Like, it's just not. I, I want to hear, like, nice singing, even if it's heavy, like it should be. Something. Jennifer Lynn says hi, Keith. Hey, Jennifer, what's happening? So, anyways, uh, so, um, but you can go to r-rebel.com. So check those guys out. I, I think the song's great. It's a single. I think it's a really cool song. There's a little music player on the site. You can listen to what they're doing. And uh, a band I wanted to play today is a band called Devil Skin. They're from New Zealand. Really good heavy female front of band. But like, there was too many f bombs. We can if some of you got, yeah, but it's it's a it's a metal. I'll though, come man. clean that we do sneak a few songs in with an f bomb. Like if it's once in the song hidden somewhere, you know, yeah. there's a lot of heavy rock. You got to be honest. Like you don't completely catch every word. You know what I mean? Just yeah. in passing. But uh, uh, we're not really supposed to be playing like heavy. But this this is great. I'll play it for you after we're done. It's a great jam. But it's just like the f bomb is like it. Hang on a second. He's entertaining kids well. We actually had a. I thought we were having a code red actually before the show started due to the fact that Lou broke the cap off the cork in the whiskey bottle, which was put us at red, you know, red on red alert before the show even started. Because you can't have a show without bullet burden. No, so. no, no, so. no. That's our that's our jungle juice. That yeah. Keeps so that's there. that's what happened there, but. Hey, Mark, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for chiming in. What bands do you guys, like, despise and why? Tell us. Tell us what you go and, like, you know, what bands you just like, oh, my God, these guys are driving me nuts. But that's the topic for today. Um, so there's always been rock bands that people just loved to hate, you know. Um, and uh, so, you know, so where does this kind of, like, hate come from? Is it ever justified? Okay, and what drives critics and music fans to single out certain bands as like objects to hate? So that's kind of what we're going to be getting into here. Um, <clears throat> and there are some lists, and I'll just I'll throw a short list out. Here. Here's Tina online. Uh, okay, I'll have to check that out. She says, I, I have one I like. The band is in, is in this moment, and the song is Blood. You would like it. Okay, so I have to check out that band. Thank you for that. What do you hate, though? What bands do you absolutely hate, Tina? Um, but anyway, so these are just a little... Uh, here's a one. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, sites. Just Google this, and you'll get, you'll get pages and pages on Google. Uh, but here's, here's just a quick list off of uh, The Richest. This is the first one that came up in the search, so I just figured you know, it's probably pretty popular, so you guys may know this. Um, Maroon 5. I'm not going to go into the reasons why just yet. Metallica. Smash Mouth. Is Smash Mouth even really 
doing anything? I don't know. Stone Temple Pilots. Well, yeah, dude, you're hating on a guy who's dead. Like, what, really? That's how you're going to be? A One Direction, who's, I couldn't name you a One Direction song. Coldplay, uh, I know who they are. Limp, Limp, Bis- Limp Biscuit. Creed. Of co- you couldn't have a list for that. Of you course wanted. not. <laughs> hey, Bill Mank, what's up? You uh, two. Oh, come on. And uh, I think they're coming in June. And, of course, at the top of the list is everybody's favorite band to hate is Nickelback. <laughs> that is the one that really tops, I think, a lot of these lists you research. Nickelback is definitely on the tops of a lot of people's lists. And it's just one of those bands that just rub people the wrong way yeah, for me, whatever let reason. Me ex- there is a really good, you know, you know, there's, I was, I was, I recently watched the movie, rewatch the movie, It Might Get Loud. Did you ever see the movie? Yes, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, okay, it's a great movie. And there is a scene in that movie where Edge asks Jimmy Page, he says, you know, he says, I know you played on a lot of studio stuff. What have you played on that I may have I may have heard? And he says, well, he says, what happened was, he said, played on some stuff. He says, but, he says, as time went by, he says, it turned out, people think I played on everything because it like so many rumors got started, you yeah. know, and half truths and stuff like that, that he did this and he did that. And, um, so what happened and uh, we will just go, I will just go ahead. This is a good point. I will tell the Nickelback story. There is a story. There's a reason why Nickelback, I believe, and, and a lot of people believe in it and it has to do with their history and, how, and what record label they got signed to. And it sort of set them on a path of this, you know, being set up to be hated. Um, but um, I'm going to get into that here in a minute. But these are just the, some of the bands. We're going to be touching on some of these. There's a, a, a one. There's a, a on Ultimate Guitar. There's the 21 most uh, overly uh, hated bands. And again, some of these bands are like, I mean, I think are like really, uh, I think they're awesome bands. I'm like, like um, Dream Theater. I like Black Veil Brides. I think it's great. I, I, you know, I can understand why people don't like Kiss, but. I mean, you can't deny what they did. I mean, a lot of catchy songs. Um, I can deny know, it. Metallica. Metallica is hated because Metallica fans felt like they were betrayed because Metallica was like this hardcore heavy metal band, and then they did the Black Album, and, you know. Uh, Tina Magnotti says Green Day sucks. Uh, Billy Mank says Captain and Tennille. <laughs> well, there you go, Bill. Now Everybody got that one, and that's, that's, that's a pretty good one there. But um, um, the one of the reasons why people hate Metallica is the fact that, you know, they feel betrayed uh, because, you know, they were like this serious metal band who, you know, kind of like went more mainstream with uh, their sound. Um, But let's go ahead. You want to jump in? You got any thoughts on any of this stuff before we jump in with these? Kiss, be honest with you, man. I hate to ruffle feathers, but on the show, I'm trying to keep it peaceful. But Kiss is one band that... Has never done anything for me. I'm sorry. I understand that they've. Yeah, but you. But do you hate them? I mean, do you like wish they weren't like on the planet? Like, what do you mean? I like, mean could you? Like, could you, I mean? I don't know. Would like the, de- would, like the mu- would music business would would the music history of rock and roll be better if we didn't have rock and roll all night and shout it out loud and uh, Detroit Rock City? I'm sorry. I think those songs are are great, important songs. You may not personally like them, but. You know the the hating. I that's energy you've got to give to something. Yeah, I mean, hey, something. I don't. I'm not you know saying that I you don't, hate. In other I words, hate when Kiss the comes band. On radio, you turn it's the just channel. exactly. Okay. But I mean, there's a, okay. But okay, let me put it this it's way. It's more theatrics than anything else. It's okay, ma- well, the makeup minute. and the theatrics. So, I know that's part of the show, but it's like just as 
an overall band of players and whatever. Okay, okay. Would you say that they suck as players? No, as just uh, you're not allowed to qualify it because that's just what happens. People say, "Oh, they suck." I'm not going to say they suck. I don't dog musicians because we're all. You know, trying. Well, see, this is but what you're hearing from a lot of people. Like, let me give you an example. Well, that, that's, that makes you sound freaking retarded. I'm I, sorry. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to tell you this. This is getting heated. I like it. Um, I was working in a music store in the 90s when the band Creed broke. Okay? And they, I can't. They had some songs on the radio that they were like, they were going to play it on the rock stations. I thought it sounded like good rock. I didn't really think to. I wasn't my favorite band, but I was like, okay, I could rock out to a couple Creed songs. And I was talking about this. Uh, I was—I don't know how it came up at the music store I was teaching, and one of the guys that worked there was a bass player. His name was Fran. And he goes, oh, I hate Creed. I'm like, Fran, why do you hate Creed? Here's why I hate Creed. Okay, this is what his, this is the reason he said. He says, because their name is Creed, and their Creed is we suck. I'm like, what? You know? So, like, so this just like this, like, <clears throat> arbitrary, and I think it's just completely arbitrary. I think stuff kind of, people start talking, and hate is a kind of, can be kind of a powerful, fun kind of emotion to kind of get caught up in. I mean, think of all the things hate has, people have hated, and all kind of stuff has happened because of hate. Look at World War II. Look at the Civil Rights Movement. Look at, you know, all the fear over gay marriages and stuff like that, you know. So I think that that's a kind of a powerful emotion. You get what I'm saying here? Exactly. And people kind of like, you know, they, they can gravitate to hate as much as they can gravitate to love or excitement or thrills or, you know. So so they're just, you know, so anyway, so here's where some of the bands. Uh, Tina says Coldplay. Coldplay is on the list of uh, on this one. The they're Ridges. on a lot of lists, I'm they're sure. They're on a list. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Maroon 5. Now, here's the writers, and I don't know who this writer is. Adam Levine is a gorgeous man, and he knows it. Okay, now wait a minute. How mm. many rock stars are gorgeous and know it? Like, that is not a reason to hate a man. He says, they said that's sufficient enough to hate Maroon 5. That's just, you know what you're talking about. I mean, millions of people love that band wildly successful i personally I, didn't think their first album was that what that was that that bad I know, like the first the first, after that game. yeah after that i'm gonna put them on the pain of mind list due to the fact that it just got way too bubblegum pop yeah. for me man uh, but i will tell you i will say that um yeah i think mark i think you're right about creed it's scott stapp's I think he ruined that band. For yeah, that band. he's I, a jackass. He, yeah, he got on there, and I he I, there's a video somewhere from the E Channel or something where he really got into it with Beth Ostrowski, that's Howard Stern's wife, and that's a giant no no. Yeah, he'll ruin you. <laughs> Did you ever hear the story about it was at some music award somewhere? He got in a fight with two or three or ten members of whatever it was of Three Eleven. He said something. He was all drunk backstage somewhere. And he said something to the band 311, a couple of their members, and they beat the crap out of him. From what I understand, it's the story. Well, the thing, and here's and here's the other bad thing about Scott, um, is uh, he professed, and this this is always the guys that profess to have like to be a born again Christian or have some kind of like high ideals that end up making a jackass out of themselves. And I think that that just fed into that. But I just really want to say before we get off Maroon Five real quick, is um, I. Uh, moves like Jagger, that's a guilty pleasure. That's one of those songs. I know it's like a silly, dumb bubblegum pop song, but if it comes on, I'll crank it up and boogie out to it. I don't, I don't care. I'll do the same thing to like a lot of like ABBA stuff. Who? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you edit that out, please? 
I had too many bullets already. I'm sorry. Remove me from the show. When Dancing Queen comes on, I got it. Oh, man, I'm just. My moves are like Jagger. Oh, wow. Check him out, man. Never mind. Um, Metallica is the classic sellout band. You know, uh, first four albums, Kill Em All, Light, Ride Lightning, Master Puppets, and Justice for All. Band was already mainstream. However, they, res- uh, they resisted as much as possible. Then it happened. Metallica decided to make a video. Hardcore fans turned quickly, piling on the next album. Although Heavy featured more hard rock than thrash anger of their first four albums then hate grew when they decided to wear makeup and start getting lots of tattoos <coughs> then the unthinkable they cut their hair <laughs> and i think that there's some sarcasm in that um uh, yeah, uh people with lots of tattoos are actually really messed up um i think there's some sarcasm in that in that article there but um again um i disagree and justice for all yeah they had that video that, in my opinion, horrible video that they made from that movie, Johnny Got His Gun. I thought that, mo- that video was terribly disturbing. I did not like it ever. Turned, would turn, couldn't get to the TV fast enough to change the channel. But um, that, they, were, they, they were not mainstream at that point. They were mainstream when they did the Black Album. When they did the Black Album, then they really broke. And here's the thing you guys don't understand about Metallica is they had conquered the freaking world. They were playing mega shows. All right, they were playing to thousands of people. They have number one selling records, but they couldn't get on the radio. You were not going to get on the radio with six, seven minute songs unless it was Bohemian Rhapsody. And as much and as good of one as the song was, it wasn't Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a good song. Nothing, nothing's not, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not Bohemian Rhapsody, and um, so or Stairway to Heaven or whatever. So they did this record, and I'm sorry, man. I think all those songs rock. I you know I'll do the this to the black album any day of the week. I think this person is, I, and I think all that is full of crap. And I think metalheads, you know, I'm sorry guys, I love metal too, but you're way too narrow-minded. You're as narrow-minded as a guy in a white sheet from the south who burns a cross on his lawn. If uh, that that that's how narrow-minded you are. This show is getting know? way too political, man. You can't you can't be that narrow-minded. Mu- you know, musicians want to evolve. They want to try and look at all the things Metallica has done since. You know, right, they did St. Anger, which is like a really weird sounding record. They did the record with um, uh, the guy that... <laughs> Lou Reed. With Lou Reed. <laughs> so they are musicians just like the rest of us. I mean, they, I mean, how long were they going to go... You know, how long were they going to... You know, let's try some different stuff. And I think their new record is really good, and it's kind of a return, and it sort of makes sense. It kind of returns like heavy metal, so... Keith, jump in here. Smash Mouth. I know two songs by this band. I don't even know why. They, my opinion, that's they don't probably do why you know songs. two songs because they had All Star and what was the other one? Can't get enough of you, baby. The, 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 the one about they did All Star and the one it ain't no joke. I'd like to buy the world a coke and teach the world. Walking on the sun. That's it. Yeah, so those you, are, so you know three songs. So I know that. a couple of songs by them, but like I don't know if they were around long enough to even get hated. So I'm gonna like kind of pass on that. Stone Temple Pilots. I know a lot of people thought they were ripping off Pearl Jam. I completely <clears throat> dis- disagreed. If I had to pick between the two, I'll take STP, man. Me too. In fact, I was listening to STP last night, and 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 I think they're more like a Led Zeppelin kind of band. You those know, first few records were. You can tell me. I don't care who you are. I bought all the. If records you like rock at all. You can't listen to core. Every song on that album is awesome. Absolutely, except for the "I Wet My Bed" song. That's that. Well, yeah, that's kind of like a throwaway type piece. Throw, but but no, we'll say ninety-nine point nine percent of the album is pretty kick-ass. Though. 
<clears throat> Tina says, nothing else matters. Enter Sandman, great tunes. I agree. Those songs I like are well-written songs. Yeah, I'm not good. saying it's like vintage Metallica, but, yeah. you know, it's, people the didn't songs want, are well-written. When you love a band so much and then they go and do something else, you get heartbroken a little bit because that's like yeah, your band. you're feeling betrayed. Yeah, I and, know. That, and, and another example of a band that this happened to, although for some reason they were able to maintain enough integrity, they're not on any of these lists that I know of, is R.E.M. R.E.M. was one of these bands that like put out tons of like uh, albums on us on on in, independent small record labels, and they were doing very very well. They were playing yeah. all over the world. They were playing big shows. They were doing awesome, but they did not get on the radio. So they had to kind of switch. They tweaked the width around what they were doing. Michael Stipe actually changed his singing style. He used to sing. He used to mumbling. That's how he used to sing. Yeah, mumbling. That was his thing. But so he changed his singing around, and they. They had they then they were able to break out and they became huge. It became a really big band, um, and too bad if you don't like it. <laughs> Screw you guys because um, you know musicians want to move on and they want to. That's like um, you know it's like the police. You know they wanted to move up and up and up and up and up and up. You know until they did Synchronicity and then they broke up. Yep. <laughs> Maybe Metallica should have broke up after the Black <laughs> Album. All right, we're done. Uh, one Direction. I'm not going to comment. I don't. I could like I said. I couldn't name one. One Direction song. I don't know anything that they do. I understand that they're sort of very light pop, kind of boy bandish sort of. Yeah, that's what I would. That's pretty much it. And like, I mean, that isn't my scene, but I, I don't have the energy to hate them. Like, and you welcome to do what you want. Uh, I, th- I wonder too if people think that like because these bands are out there, Keith, that like they're taking away radio time from quote unquote good bands. You guys think that? Um, it's probably. True. I just think music's really different nowadays where you just have to have those. It's not even so much about, unfortunately, the music. It's about the whole package. And it's like the looks, the theatrics, the whole presentation of where the music sometimes takes a backseat, unfortunately. so. Well, wh- then, then, then you're getting to the whole question of what is it that musicians are doing? You know, I mean, they ha- they've always had to be entertainers. Always. I mean, from the days of Skiffle... <laughs> And blues and rockabilly, you know, Elvis with the pelvis and all that, the Beatles with the Beatle haircuts and the Beatle suits and all that. Like, that was, that was, a, that's been a part of pop music and rock music from the beginning. I mean, like, I'm looking at a picture of Coldplay right now on the screen, and the singer's got like a plain blue shirt on and jeans. Is that theatrical? No, I don't know why. I mean, I'm not a Coldplay. Coldplay fan myself, but I don't know why there's so much hate for something. Well, something uh, triggers. Well, the negative. I'm gonna, and I'm going to tell the, the. I promised I would tell you guys the Nickelback story. Maybe I'll do it after the next song. But uh, this band on, obviously wanted to be U2, but honestly, old school U2 would have drunk Coldplay under the table and kicked their new ass. Um, here's the thing, though: Coldplay uh, U2 is also on this guy's list. So I'm not yeah. exactly sure where this, yeah, it's where just this, where this guy's coming from. But um, I, I, I got that. They're like U2 light. Yeah, that's you know that's I mean? a good that's you a know, good comparison. You know, okay, but I mean, I think the clocks is kind of a catchy song, and I mean, it wouldn't be like my favorite song, but I wouldn't be like, oh my god! And here, let nah. me let me tell you music that sucks. I will tell you what sucks. If it's out of tune and it's out of time, it sucks. Uh, everything other than that is just, in my opinion, is opinion. You just don't like it. It's not that it sucks. You just it don't doesn't ring your bell. Uh, Keith will never like a Kiss song. I, I missed. I missed. Uh, 
I missed Bill's comment. I wonder if we could go to Facebook and see it. So let me go back here. Tell the kids about uh, your wild sex party last night. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> I was in bed by 11 o'clock. Let's look at you. Night, well, night, well, yeah. You had to get up early for Sunday school. I'm going to get up early to get my school rock on. School rock on. Uh, let me take a quick look at this real quick. Let me hit my thing here. Because Bill made a comment. He had like a, a pretty detailed comment. Okay. Bill says, I don't understand why anyone hates any band. Don't like them. Don't listen. Tastes vary. I have so many guilty pleasure artists according to this kind of thought. Haters going to hate. Yeah. I remember, Bill, Bill, I remember you and I, when you were in Kid Bonnie and I was in Petey Gets Around. And I remember, uh, I think maybe we were playing down the BBT or something. And we were having a couple drinks. And we were talking about, do you remember the band? Um, there were three real young kids. They had a song called Mbop. It was called Hanson. Hanson. And I, Bill and I were talking about Hanson. Bill's like, you know, I like Hanson. And I was like, kind of like relieved because like, you know, I, I kind of like him too. I think it, like, it's fun. It's kind of like, um, I liked him in the same way that I, lo- I could get into, like when I was a kid, could get into like uh, the Partridge family. You know what I mean? You know, that kind of like fun. I could get, there was just demographic for that. But I never thought that it sucked, you know, like, you know. And I just think that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, I will continue to spout that mantra. I don't understand the whole it sucks thing, but. Oh, goodness. So there's a couple others. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, like, clean up this list real quick. Uh, Limp, Bis- Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst. Okay. Um, That's I, the thing where people get lumped. They're like, they're yeah. lumping the whole band in because the singer was a pretty much non-talented another jackass. So, I mean. Okay, first of all, he come, they say he came out cocky. Now, wait a minute. He's a, he's a front man. You don't think Elvis, yeah, you Jim wanna, Morrison? Let's have a little swagger here. Yeah, why don't come we? on, dude. It's rock and roll. He's a and, front you know, man. And this was at the time, this was in that post-grunge era where I think nobody knew what was going to happen with music after Kurt Cobain uh, blew his brains out. Like, I don't think that people quite knew where it was going to go. And there was still this sort of, like, ethic of, like, you know, shoegazing. You know what I mean? We don't want to look too sexy or too have too much bravado. And I think that he's just an old school, in your face front man. So, I mean, you know, so basically this is turning into why I disagree with all this stuff. Creed, we already talked about Creed. Um, and it's, and I think mainly Creed is because of um, Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't just, really think that, like, you know. He ruined it for the rest of them. I think that he kind of did. Um, you know, he's trying to get into Stone Temple Pilots now. You hear about that? I think at this point, Stone Temple Pilots, old, they're just. Taking all applications and just trying to try to keep it together, you know. Yeah, I mean, what would you do? We should talk. I know about that dude that. from Lincoln Park was singing for them for a while. Chester Bennington was singing for them. Ah, that's cool. We should do a, a show on on uh, bands that like reinvented themselves with new lead singers. There's there's some good one. Van Halen is like the Van best. Halen's probably the most I mean, successful. They really, I mean, really I mean they really they didn't miss a beat, man. They, yeah, they come. Whether you like Dave Lee Roth, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Same versus Sammy, whatever. The, the commercial success was there for both singers. Okay, um, one of the biggest bands in the world is sh- uh, has, has been a sham. For- wow, U2 has been a sham for the past 15 years. Their last big hit, Beautiful Day in 2000, their music hasn't changed at all. We sit through Bono monologues that he was the president. Um, their latest move, pushing their music <coughs> onto each and every iTunes. See, I want to talk about this iTunes thing because you, this, these people are freaking morons. Nobody understood this iTunes thing. The, the, U2 being on 
the the iPod or whatever that they the device they ever put was not to benefit you too. It was to benefit Apple. It was a promotional thing for Apple. Apple was giving away you to sell more iTunes crap, not the other way around. You guys don't know what the f you are talking about. I'm in marketing. I know how this crap works. It was not. It did nothing for you too. That was everything to benefit because they can get any money for for it. All right, so on you guys. You know what you're talking about. This guy doesn't. This freaking moron does not know what he's talking about. This list sucks. I hate this list. I hate this list. Piss on the bands. I hate this list now. Um, but uh, yes, U2 hasn't really done anything more. Uh, hasn't really been a uh, a force in music. But look at what they freaking did. Oh my god! Like they came out and like the next day, everybody wanted to sound different. Like all everybody was like the new different kind of bands came out. I mean, granted they had some influences. I mean, the Clash and some bands like that really the Ramones paved the way for U two to be able to U two and the Police and bands like that to do what they were able to do. But I mean, to say that like they're why you would hate them is just like what do you expect? Go and enjoy the freaking music and like if you're a fan, buy their new records. If you're not, just enjoy their old stuff and like you know don't waste so much energy hating. The Joshua Tree is one of the best rock albums uh, ever released. Absolutely. Now I'm going to talk about Nickelback. Okay, Nickelback is at the top of the list. Nickelback is at the top of a lot of people's list. Um, Tina says... This is shocking. (laughs) Okay, and if Taylor Swift gives another OMG Grammy face, uh, I'll vomit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. I kind of like didn't really get in with like the Taylor Swift and the Beavers and stuff like that on this because we're more focused on rock. But agreed. I had the uh, Grateful Dead on my list of most hated bands. Actually, we're not using the word hate, but it's just, to me, that's one band that never did anything for me. But it, it you know, kind of compares to that whole country thing. They sound like a bad country band when they play a lot of times. The Grateful Dead did. Really? The songs are just too, like, just this long, drawn-out jam. If I don't listen to Bad Country, I can listen to a Luke Bryan record. Okay. So that's all. All right, we're gonna come back. I'm gonna play another song. We're gonna play. We're gonna take a break. Come back. I'm gonna play this band called um, The Sword. The Sword. These guys actually believe are coming to Pittsburgh soon. Um, we're gonna play The Sword, and we're gonna come back, and I'm gonna tell you the the the. Uh, um, I, I keep promising. I'm gonna tell the Nickelback story because when you guys hear the Nickelback story, you're gonna go like. Oh, okay. Now it's now not, we makes some more sense. But this is a band called the Sword um, Dream Thieves, and this is a little bit of a long, long. No, actually, it's a four-minute jam. So, guys, smoke if you got them. Relax, crank this up. We'll see you in a minute.
All right, guys. Um, I was admiring my new spiffy haircut, too, from my stepdaughter who gave me this today. Nice. looks pretty good, huh? Nice. Nice. Check you out. You're like, it's like all like I'm just, Rico Suave. Do you think you're like all Rico Suave? Yeah, there, man. Look, it's just Rico I just hate when the wind blows too much because it messes it up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't have that problem. Um, that is a band called The Sword, and you can go to theswordofficial.com and check that long fade out. Uh, I think that is very cool. That's uh, called Dream Thieves from the album High Country from 2015. Their new record, which I wanted to play, there's only one track on it, and it's actually not released yet, so I was like, I didn't want to... Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a live album with a whole bunch of tracks, but there's only one you could get. And I wasn't sure of the situation with playing that on the podcast right now, so you can check them out um, at um, The Sword Official. I actually am thinking that, like, after listening to that, I, pro- I might want to go to that show. Uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Where are they playing? I forget. I, I saw it came up on my feed on social media bands in town. I, have to, I didn't pay close enough attention. But um, Keith and I were talking about like some of the bands that like, you know, kind of we knee jerked against, you know, when we first heard. Go ahead and give yeah, Keith's got a little list here, too. Already one ever kiss. Grateful Dead. Another one I have. Alice Cooper going solo here. Alice Cooper, I just as another artist, I just don't get man. It's just about the, I know the theatrics are cool, the makeup, the whole thing. It's like I said, when he plays "Welcome to My Nightmare," when I hear that, I'm in the freaking nightmare, Alice. So yeah, I just I don't get it, man. That's another artist I just have never really got at all. So my list is pretty short though. I was I was telling you off air though that one band that. When I was talking to people, a couple of people tell me Rush was a band they hated okay. just due to the fact that it was Getty's voice they didn't, they didn't like. like Getty's voice. I remember I had an uncle. I shanked them I, after that. When, I, when I was a kid. Uh, Bill, I'm going to address the Daniel Johnson thing. That's a good point. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but um, I had an uncle when I was a kid. I was like, hey, and he was like, kind of like the cool uncle. And he, I was like, hey, do you like Rush? He goes, that guy has a terrible voice. That's just one of them bands that Maybe they're not for everybody. Yeah, but they're for me. That's what I like. <laughs> well, see, and that's kind of what this comes down to, doesn't it? It's opinion. Did I mean, like, it's did like. You, did you talk about the Grateful Dead? Yeah, we did. I said it sounded like a bad country band. I, I don't think you told them that. Uh, yeah, Grateful Dead is another one I have on there. It just sounds like long, drawn out. Just maybe I just need to do more drugs or something, man. I don't know <laughs> what it is because I don't. I never got the Grateful Dead either. I mean, it's just one of those bands. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like a bad country band. Like I said, if I want to listen to bad country. I'll listen to a freaking Luke Bryan record then. Oh, wow. Slammed. If, I, if I'm going to listen to Bad Country, I'll listen to a Luke Bryan record. Wow. Listen to how rude you are. Um, <laughs> you, when's the last time you listened to a freaking Luke Bryan? Uh, exactly. Never, you, never. Exactly. I played in bands like that, and it's excruciating to get through some of them songs. Um, I um, Let me tell you. Here's my Grateful Dead story. And if you guys, uh, if anybody out there still has MySpace... I wrote an article on a blog on MySpace why the Grateful Dead was the, wor- Grateful Dead was the worst band in the history of music. <coughs> and I, this was 15 years ago, and um, I probably would retract that now. Um, not because... Um, uh, I just because since then, here's what happened with the Grateful... Here's what happened with the Grateful Dead. And so this goes to show you how just like opinionated these ideas all really are, how personal they really are. When <clears throat> Warren Haynes, 
who is like one of my favorite musicians in the history of music. He's a badass. When he went to play with the Grateful Dead, I went, okay, wait a minute. I have to kind of revisit the Grateful Dead because if Warren, a guy who I absolutely love, respect, think is great, have enjoyed his music, you know, you know, for, you know, forever is is willing to go and jam with them. But like, there's got to be something of some value there. So I have softened my position on them. I disagree with you, Keith. I actually that, that's okay. I actually love Friend of the Devil, Truckin'. I think it's a really good songs in the tradition of bands like the band. And that sort of like early alt country, our new writers of the Purple no, Sage, the, the band, Birds. The band is awesome. I'm sorry, I disagree. I agree that the band is awesome. The band, but, the band is awesome. But I, I, I hear some of that. I don't love everything they do, and I'm not some kind of huge grateful. Oh my God, Grateful Dead! But I have softened my disdain for the Grateful Dead. Next week you're going to a Fish concert, probably too. Yeah, I'm going to see Fish. That's that's another. That's a band that's on a lot of these lists too. That like. If you like the jam thing, I don't understand why you wouldn't like them. They're individually all great musicians. You may not like the, their songs as much, but they really carried on that whole jam thing. Like, And people love that. That's... You ever gone to one of those shows where people are just jamming and high and partying? Maybe that's what your problem is. No, I mean, I, I party. but I don't mind jamming. I'll jam with anybody. But when the song is <laughs> freaking 14 minutes long, I lose, lose interest in it, man. Give me some well, structure here. I don't want just this endless... Well, I tell you what. Here, whatever we can talk about jam. Maybe we should do a show on jam bands because we could digress into that. I have my <clears throat> thoughts on jamming too because there's some guys, the guys that I love to hear jam are like actually jazz guys. Like the guy that can play a 15 minute solo and totally interests me the whole time is like John Coltrane. <clears throat> People like that. All right. Well, that's that's your. That's, that's the you're getting that's apples the, to oranges right, no, here, no, no, man. No, 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 no. I get it. So we're, that's that. Maybe we should do a program on jamming. Uh, that's a good jot that down in the future but I want to bring something up because Bill mentioned Bill Hathaway mentioned Daniel Johnson you know who Daniel Johnson is? Daniel Johnson? Daniel Johnson yeah there's a documentary on Netflix called The Devil and Daniel Johnson uh, <clears throat> and Daniel Johnson is his singer-songwriter um, I is he from Texas, Bill? I, I forget where he's from um, but he has this sort of weird singing songwriting style where he does play with the being a little bit out of tune and uh, wavering on the timing and stuff. And I think that the key to that, Bill, is can you still... Art is a way of finding beauty in anything. If, for instance, like, if you, like, did something with this bottle... Other than drink the whiskey in it. Which is beautiful. <clears throat> Which is beautiful. In and out. I find art in that all the time. But if you were to able to arrange a, a bunch of those bullet bourbon bottles in some way that express... Austin, so he's a Texas guy. Um, in some way that expressed an idea and created beauty, that is art. So if you can do something in play, and play... And, and there's a lot of early folk music where they are sort of like in between with the tuning and stuff like that. And I think some of Kurt Cobain's work is kind of like playing around with tuning and timing a little bit too. So, but that's really a small portion of people that can pull that off. I mean, you have to admit, Bill, like Daniel Johnson, Kurt Cobain, there's like a Bob Dylan, there's a couple of people that can be really, literally break the absolute foundational rules of music and still create something that really kind of touches people. 
You know what I mean? That's really small. So with the exception of Dana Johnson, Bob Dylan, a couple people like that, in general... That's Claypool. I mean, you know, there's a lot of... I mean, in general, I've heard bad bands. You have, too. We've played with some of them where they get up and they're playing. You're like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you don't know. You go home and learn how to play and come back, you know? <clears throat> I mean, U2 is another band. That, like, they didn't know how to play instruments when they first started. But by the time they did that record, they knew how to play instruments. So this whole idea that U2... Um, the, the U2, like, well, they're not real musicians is not true because they did learn and they got, they, you know, they created some absolutely amazing stuff. Uh, yeah, he's like, he says, Daniel Johnson, you have to listen to three hours worth of stuff to get one good nugget. There's a lot of bands like that, too. So there are people out there. Um, but in any case, so that's a sort of, like, I wanted to kind of clarify that. Uh, before we wrap up the podcast, I keep on promising you guys that I'm going to tell the Nickelback story. So I'm going to tell the Nickelback story real quick. Okay, it started, believe it or not, with their first record deal in 99, Nickelback signed with Roadrunner Records. you know what Roadrunner Records is? It was a small metal record they're, label, But they it? are a heavy metal. Yeah, like, they're strictly a metal. Okay, and so they sign an act that's more hard rock, more pop. Okay, so eh, red flag right there. Uh -oh. Okay, okay. So, um, so, so their early stuff was a little less top forty, but it still didn't quite fit in. So right off the bat, they were mocked mercilessly by most of the members of the metal community. See, in in that era, and even it's become more about blogs and podcasts and stuff now with the online thing. But in that era, people really looked at a record label to go like, okay, well, what's happening in this particular niche scene? So like Roadrunner Records, Metal Blade, some of those you, fans knew about the labels and they would know that if I followed that label, I would get the music I wanted to hear. Well, mm. a, a label known for metal puts out a Nickelback record. Okay. So right there, there's all kind of backlash. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Uh, so hardcore metal fans, uh, just weren't going to have it. Okay. People were also disgruntled by how much time and resources Roadrunner was putting into the band. And let me explain to you, um, a record label guys is not just there for your freaking amusement. They're a business. <laughs> so they probably heard Nickelback and go like, wait a minute, all these other bands we're not really, can't really make any money with, but Nickelback, this is a potential to make us some money. We can make back. And you got to understand that like in the, er in the early days, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the way record labels worked was there were a handful of bands that made the record label all their money. And then they took chances on more of these indie bands or bands that like never really broke, but like <clears throat> would put out a steady thing. You know, they knew that like, this band was always going to like be good for so many record labels, record sales. They didn't put as much promotion in. They knew they didn't have to spend as much on them because they were maybe more low key. They didn't require as big production or whatever. So they didn't have to spend as much on them. So they was able to keep it copacetic. All right. So Roadrunner was, even though they were a smaller label, they were doing the kind, same kind of thing. You know, and back in the old days, you guys all remember the shopping malls. What you don't realize about shopping malls was the only stores that made that shopping mall any money were like Macy's, JC Penney's, like the big, those were called the anchor stores. All those other little stores in there, eh, they kind of broke even with. They didn't, and some of them they lost money on, but they knew that they had to have other stuff in the mall and that Sears, Macy's, JC Penney's, places like that would be the anchors. That's what would be their bread and butter, okay? So Roadrunner saw... <laughs> Nickelback as a chance to be their bread and butter. They were like, oh, maybe we can actually make some freaking money in this business. So um, so they're pushing them real hard. Metal fans, people that like Slipknot, Machine Head, Nightwish are like, oh my God, 
turn that crap off, you know. So you guys, you guys see what's happening now. So this is where the sort of like groundwork was. It's laid. all about this, people. It's all about this. If you can make a record label, this. And it's all, you got and, it. and so, so this is where the sort of hate. For Nickelback, kind of, this is the groundwork for it. Okay, so in the early 2000s, the band came into <clears throat> first bit of mainstream success with the release of their third album, Silver Side Up, in 2000 with The Long Road, which uh, debuted in number six, 2003, went to be certified triple platinum. was the only album to sell more than two million copies worldwide that year. <coughs> <clears throat> Around the same time, something interesting was happening that might have subconsciously turned millions of people into Nickelback haters. From 2002 to 2004, a show called uh, The Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn aired on Comedy Central. It was a panel comedy show where four comedians discussed topical news stories and the network advertised the hell out of it. One promo ran during the, uh, nearly all the Comedy Central's commercials breaking for months was a clip of the show that featured comedian uh, Brian Posen responding to, uh, to a uh, prompt about a study published in May of 2003 that tied violent lyrics to violent behavior. He famously said, no one talks about studies that show that bad music makes people violent, but listening to Nickelback (laughs) makes me want to kill Nickelback. So they're running this promo, and it's working in to the... The, the consciousness of the uh, people. And, that, and this is an era, guys, it's different now. Right now, there was no Netflix. There was no Amazon Prime. People now pick and choose what shows they want to see, when they want to see it. Back then, you turn on Comedy Central and you watch whatever was on. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, story goes, and this caught on. Within a few weeks, people were just walking around mocking Nickelback. The joke had the same allure of those typically made about Creed. Uh, but this one was broadcast over and over again on national TV. People eventually forgot the ad and the exact joke, but the sentiment behind it had staying power, put Nickelback on the map as the most hated band. Dave Grohl is quoted saying, if you play Nickelback song backwards, you hear messages from the devil. Even worse, if you play forwards, you hear Nickelback. Dave. <laughs> There's always good for something, right? Yeah, and it's like, you know, some. I think that a lot of this is in fun because these guys are on the road. They run into each other. They know each other. I'm, I'm sure some of this is just in jest. <clears throat> but it gets caught up in the public consciousness. You know, from then on, the idea of hey, Nickelback grew organically, but the band and its members ended up doing a lot of unintentional to add the fuel to the fire. In July of six, Nickelback released his fifth single, Rockstar, the lyrics of which focused on the materialistic, pretentious, and misogynistic desires of wannabe rock stars. The... Um, and you guys know the song Rockstar. Uh, yes, the song Rockstar saw commercial success, especially in the UK charts, but it's generally considered the worst song of Nickelback's career. Um, and wow. there's a lot of people that feel that way about a lot of bands um, that have big pop hits. Uh, they pit a lot of people that really love the band say, oh, that's their worst song, and it got on the radio. I mean, you hear that. You, know, you could go over on and on and on about Metallica. You could even say that about, <clears throat> you know, there's some Led Zeppelin songs that like were more popular. Like, That's our worst song. I don't know why anybody listens to that, you know, but it's like their most famous one. <clears throat> and, and 12, uh, 2012 article, 30 worst songs have written. Rockstar came at number two behind Nookie by Limp Biscuit. The author wrote, if aliens came to Earth and asked why everyone hates Nickelback so much, the song would be a perfect explanation. Um uh-huh. Then there's the issue of Chad Kroger, the band's lead vocalist, guitarist, typically the front man of the rock band, buys the traits of our ideal of what <clears throat> rock star is. They're badass, edgy, rebellious, creative, and sexy. Most of all, everyone loves them. Uh, this was never the case regarding the face of Nickelback, just as the song Rockstar was ironic. Chad Kroger's role as the band's very own rock star w- was too. He was never uh, swooned over the way rock stars are. Uh, there's always been something about him that was uh, a major turnoff. He doesn't give off a cool vibe. Uh, he's been noted that sometimes stumbles around on stage and has trouble getting uh, his guitar to work. Uh, I think that Chad is a regular guy. 
Um, there was a great interview with him in Playboy magazine uh, about ten years ago, where he taught. And I, this probably, I, this, I don't see this written out here in this particular article, but uh, he talked about how he got Nickelback off the ground. And I will just say, because he said it, was he did a drug deal. He made ten grand <clears throat> taking a trunk load of pot <clears throat> from Canada to Seattle or something like that. I don't know the, all the things of it. <clears throat> but he said that's how he financed their first record and promotion and everything like that. That and, never uh, works when I do it. <laughs> um, and um, I want to just sort of say... For the record, I I was dragged kicking and screaming to a Nickelback concert about ten years ago. <laughs> Something and, on my face. Keeps and itching. I, Keith, I thought they were really good, man. I mean, they. This is the thing I'm going to get into next. And I thought the they were. I I mean, I was. He is not. Now listen, he is not like Robert Plant, or no, or, he, or he's not like, and he's not like Dave Roll. He has a different kind of vibe. He's more. Here's what he's like on stage. He's like Monty Hall. Or Alex Trebek. He's kind of like a game show host. <laughs> but he's like fun, funny. And let me tell you something he did that was very cool. And if you guys still think he's a, a, a dickhead after this, well, then that's your problem. <clears throat> but he brought, they brought all, it was one of those shows where it like started like at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <clears throat> he brought all the opening acts up on stage. And they all jammed together on the encore. They played You Shook Me All Night Long. Let all the guitar players solo, traded vocals with all the singers. It was super cool, super fun. He was interacting with the audience. He was, <clears throat> um, you know how at the, at the shows now, guys, you know, everybody knows, there's the big screens, right? Well, during, at one point in the show, some girl does this and lifts up and she's got giant cojones, you know. And, you know, he, he makes a joke about it and then looks down and sees a guy with his, like, 10-year-old kid. And he, like, actually apologized he was like, "Oh man, he's. I'm sorry. He says, we got kids here." He says, "Let's." He's people with the cameras. He says, "Let's try to like keep that like a little bit under." He wasn't yeah. like a jerk. It wasn't like a uncomfortable moment. He was just. It was. I thought it was actually kind of classy. You know what I mean? He was like acknowledging that this is there's the people of your. Please tell the girl that drank 15 beers before the show to keep her shirt on. What's wrong with you? <clears throat> well, he didn't say that. He, I, he was more admonishing. No, I said that. <laughs> Was to the was to the camera crew like it doesn't have to be on you know a two hundred foot screen. <laughs> you think they're big in person? Wait till you see them on the big screen. And right, he's not the most handsome guy. He doesn't have that. And Nickelback songs are fun, silly pop rock tunes. They're not doing serious. You know what I mean? They're not, you know, that's just They're not just, what they do. Jump in, Keith. I've been like prattling on. Jump in. Tell, tell me something good. All those people that hate the Nickelback, I'm telling you. James Hetfield, there's been other people, big rock stars. have either seen them live and said they're just heavy as heck, man, and they just throw down live. I've never seen them live, so I'm just going to follow your lead on that one. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, <clears throat> I, I was, like I said, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, uh, you know, uh, okay, you know, Nickelback, sure. You know, I like this girl, you know. And she's like, oh, I really want to go see Nickelback. And I was like, okay, we'll go. And Jeez, um, oh, what a pansy you are, man. I Jeez, know. You really fold like a house of cards I on know, this one. I know, I buckled like a belt. I know. You know so Stand your ground, dude, seriously. what's wrong with me, you know. I mean, I'm just like a complete, you know, <clears throat> pee-whipped. Yeah. But um, in any case, so it was very cool and had a lot of fun. And um, Bill Bill says next to the song "Animals." Yeah, I do too. I think I think that song rocks. We're getting a lot of like 
<clears throat> uh, hearts coming at us. A lot of people are enjoying it. <clears throat> so this is very cool. We're having a good time. Thanks today, for so. the love. Thanks for the love. But remember one thing at the end of the day, even if you don't like these bands, U2, Green Day, Nickelback, whoever, they probably, they might care, but at the end of the day, they're, they don't care all the way to they're the bank. They're laughing all the way, all the way to, to the, the bank, bank, people. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that do like them. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I think there's an element. <clears throat> Thank you. There's an element of, yes, being pushed hard by the media, and so, you know, and there's, but I, I think the ultimate element, the ultimate thing you can do is I heard a guy say this one time. This guy was a, a personal, a guy that I personally respected. He was a jazz musician. Um, and he said, we were having a discussion with a bunch of people. And he said, well, he says, the only way, you know, if anything is any good is, does it have staying power? <clears throat> and so we'll see in 20 years if the radio is still playing animals and rock star and uh these you know songs by nickelback we'll see if they're still playing creed if they're still playing stone temple pilots we'll see i don't know if, if they it, play creed now dude <clears throat> we'll see if that music is still around if it holds if it stands the test of time um you we all know what happens with the silly pop music you know i mean that's really like and those kids i can understand they want to have their moment they know that it's not going to last so they're rushing out to get their moment. So that's what Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift is good. And God bless them. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's like a their chance to kind of be famous and sexy and popular for a little bit. <clears throat> but when it comes down to rock and roll music, folk music, blues, country, real country, you know, that music is a little deeper and we have to kind of wait. We don't, we don't have the instant gratification of knowing. You know, and I think some people thought that way. We talked about Rush. But look at the staying power of that music. And look at all the people that popped out of the woodwork. Actors and writers and filmmakers who come out and say, no, Rush is like, wow, I love them. They inspired me, you know. <clears throat> so it's really kind of hard to pin down. But we're going we're gonna to wrap up today's podcast here in a second. But I want to play one more band. This is a Canadian band called Cobra and the Lotus. <clears throat> and this is their album. Uh, this is the title song of their album, High Priestess. Now, this band did something very, very cool. They're a Canadian band, and they did an album, which I, you guys can go look up for yourselves. It's a tribute to Canadian, their Canadian influences. So if they can't play music, they're probably really good at hockey. <laughs> right, and there's no music on it. It's just a video. It's a hockey night it's, in Pittsburgh, or at least in D.C., but here's the... playing hockey. But they do a cool record where they cover, and another band that's really hated, by the way, is Triumph. Um, which is uh, I, I love Triumph. But, Triumph's awesome, man. But well, yeah. Don't talk. To, don't tell people from Canada that. But in any case, Cobra and the Lotus have a record out where they they do a Triumph song, a Rush song, an April Wine song. <clears throat> you know, all these different bands from Canada that were influenced them. So they do a Nickelback cool. song, though. I don't know if they do a Nickelback song. Aren't they Canadian? I think that they, they are Canadian. But anyways, guys, this is uh, Cobra and the Lotus, High Priestess on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Check them out. There you go, right there. Cindy. Cindy.
Okay. I gotta go out and buy new speakers now. Uh, that's uh, High Priestess by Cobra and the Lotus. And Cobra is spelled with a K. <clears throat> and I'm sorry, guys. For some reason, I'm all like in the throat. Very verklempt. All those Nickelback talk is I choking know. him up. See, that is what is wrong with Nickelback. They they totally mess you up. Um, uh, uh, but uh, it's a Cobra and the Cobra with a K. Cobra and the Lotus dot com. Uh, we also had the sword, uh, the swordofficial.com and romanticrebel r-rebel.com. <clears throat> Ludini Rock and Roll Circus is the website. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com is the website. Uh, you're listening to Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, Positively Pittsburgh Live is our sponsor, pplmag.com. Go and do everything those guys have because they are wonderful to put up with the shenanigans every week. <laughs> um. And, uh, yes, thank you, because it yeah. takes a lot of uh, patience to deal with this <laughs> craziness that goes on here. Uh, I want to run, 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 run down the list real quick. Um, Cindy. Cindy. Bill. Uh, Mary Beth. David. <clears throat> um, who else? Uh, Tina. Mark. Um, Tina again. Tina Bill, again Bill's Mark. all over this, Bill, man. Yeah, Bill, and Bill yeah. knows what is up? Bill's a good, yeah. Well, Bill's a musician. Well, he knows what's up. And, and here, here, here's the thing, guys. Most of the music critics, um, you know, the, the, like the people that I was reading that article from, the richest, and the, they've never tried to be in a band. They've never picked up an instrument. They don't know what to go through and how hard it is to kind of like find your sound, figure out who you are. You want it, you, and then if, then if you want to try to make money, that's a whole other thing. So when somebody comes up to somebody like a Chad Kroger and waves money in front of them. You know, yeah. After you're busting your ass, you're trying to make something happen. You might make a couple of compromises. Oh, wow! You know what I mean? That's why Metallica's- the word hate the word hate can't be used. We, you know, we sh- maybe you maybe strongly dislike a band. I mean, like I said, you might not listen to. I don't like Kiss, Alice Cooper, Grateful Dead bands like that. But at the same time, they've accomplished a lot in their careers. And at the bottom line is, if you pick up an instrument, no matter what it is, and you give it a shot. You got my respect, man. Just give it a keep trying. I want to thank Bill Menk for um, uh, chiming in too. He says he hates insane clown or dislikes. He doesn't like the word hate. Doesn't, <laughs> li- doesn't like insane clown posse. Um, <clears throat> oh, hey guys, please share. I should have said this at the beginning. Like, please share because we're trying to build this up. Because I mean, you're not just sharing for Keith and Isaac. You're sharing because all these bands that we're playing uh, in between are like. They're not mainstream. They're guys who are playing role music. They aren't selling out. They're doing their thing, and they need to be heard. It's great music, so please share this. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, Bill Hathaway said, um, Rick Emmett is one of the most underrated musicians of all time. I absolutely agree. He has amazing voice, amazing yeah. guitar player. guitar player. And amazing singer, too. I mean, or amazing yeah, songwriter, yeah. too. Like, you know, just like... <clears throat> um, I've been on a triumph kick. You can go to I, how I use YouTube, and you guys, this is a little tip, a little tip from your uncle Louie. Uh, I use YouTube like a personal, my personal MTV. <laughs> I, you know, I have it set up on my television in my living room, and I, I have it set to stream all kind of music videos, but the ones that I want to see. So sometimes I go off on kicks, and I was like, last Sunday I was on a Triumph kick. I think I like watched every Triumph video I could find. You know, just like that's awesome. Them. You're way more advanced than me in this place because you know I sit down in my basement with a glass of water and I listen to uh, cause glass of water. I listen uh, to cause, really I listen to cassettes on a Radio Shack. <laughs> this is getting away. Never mind. <laughs> He's 
got an old Sony Walkman. <laughs> I have to keep hitting it because it stops in the middle of the... Oh, God. Okay, anyways, guys, I'm gonna, we're going to get out of here. We have... Keith and I have a... We, there's another bottle of this upstairs. And, like, so we have to, like, end this crap. Because we, we have we got to have priorities. <laughs> Well, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with Keith. Uh, you can visit, you can hang out with Keith at the School of Rock. School of Rock. School of Rock. Castle Shannon, we're throwing down some drums, man. Trying down some drums. Five days a week, bring it down. But you, you guys going Donny Aristana? We'll learn some Donny in that, yeah. <laughs> some silencers. Yeah, some Clarks. I mean, whatever you want, man. Hey Michelle, can you some Clarks on for lunch? <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're just going going on and on. So we're going to wrap right it up. after Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, Sweet Home Alabama. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. It's LudiniRockandRollCircus.com, and I don't know what is going to be happening uh, on the way out, but we're going to get out of here, guys. Thanks for listening. LudiniRockandRollCircus.com, Lou Lombardi and Keith Hawkins, and we will talk to you guys soon. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.